Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast with Commercial Truck Training. I'm Will Brogan, and we are back with another interview that Ken Taylor did back in December, this time with Mike Stubbs of the Huffines Group in Texas. Mike has been doing this for 30 years and is a tremendous resource, not only for commercial and fleet personnel, but also for us. He's introduced us to systems that we endorse and a lot of other tactics that we promote all throughout our training. Mike was one of the very first people that I had the pleasure to meet when I first jumped into this business in 2013 with Ken, so I was excited to listen to this when it came about, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it as well. So here's Ken's interview with Mike Stubbs of the Huffines Group in Texas. Uh, hello and welcome to our podcast. We have a very special guest today, uh, probably my uh, longest-term friend in the commercial and fleet business, Mike Stubbs. Mike, uh, welcome to our podcast. We're really excited to have you on today. Hey, thank you, Ken. Glad to be here. Well, outstanding. You ready to rock and roll? Sure. Let's do it. Uh, Mike, could you give uh, our audience a little bit of background and history as far as uh, your involvement in the commercial and fleet business? Sure. Back, I started in the car business as a retail Chevrolet retail car salesperson way back in 1981, about 37 years ago, and held that position for about three years. And then I got introduced to commercial fleet sales in 1984 while I was working for a Ford Pontiac Mazda store. Um, and as my commercial time and experience grew, I had the opportunity to serve on General Motors Commercial Dealer Council for 14 consecutive years. Wow, also that's got to be a record. The, <laughs> yeah, I also chaired the only General Motors Commercial Managers 20 group that they had in the wow. ever. Uh, chaired that for one year, was on it for several years, and have been fortunate to have built several successful commercial fleet sales departments uh, in uh, Virginia, uh, Georgia, and of course now here in Texas during my 37 years in the business. And the biggest thing I've made a whole lot of friends along the way, including yourself. Well, much appreciate that. And, you know, I've always admired the fact that wherever you've gone, you've been successful. And uh, the only thing I feel bad about is I, I, I uh, helped you get into one dealership that, uh, you, in spite of all the obstacles, you still turned it into a success. And uh, I still refer to that uh, to this day, that nothing is impossible based on what you accomplished in that particular dealership. So uh, congrats. You uh, uh, you'd already won me over, but that one definitely won me over. So, uh, yeah, that was my toughest challenge that I've ever had. So you're, you're right. But it oh, yeah, you did. oh, it did. You did all the right things. In fact, I think it was interesting that the dealer principal uh, told you that, hey, you're welcome here anytime. <laughs> and that wasn't the case in the beginning. So uh, it was kind nope. of fun. But anyway, and I apologize for putting you in that situation. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I wouldn't be at the one I'm at now if that had to happen, so things happen for the best. Oh, that's true. So uh, give us an overview of uh, the Huffines uh, Fleet and Commercial operation. Well, Huffines Fleet and Commercial is owned by the Huffines Auto Group, uh, led by a gentleman named Ray Huffines. Huffines is a third-generation auto group. Uh, who It's been around since uh, 1924, a little over 90 years. They operate nine dealerships in the North Dallas area. Four of those dealerships are domestic stores. They have two Chevrolet dealerships and two Ram or Fiat Chrysler dealerships in North Dallas. I oversee the fleet operations at the Chevy and the Ram stores in Plano. We have two more over in Louisville, but I oversee the fleet commercial operations for those two stores. 
Uh, and we've been successful enough here in the last five years. Our RAM store in Plano has garnered the distinction of being the number one FCA fleet dealer for North Texas now for three consecutive years out of the five. So that, we're pretty proud of that. How well you should be, because I remember when you started, you, you pretty much, you might as well say you created it from a ground floor operation. What do you think, have, and you've had tremendous growth, what do you think has been the key to, to growing a successful operation like Huffines? Well, you've heard me talk about this before, and you know it just as well. First and foremost is dealer support. That's the only, that's the biggest handicap most commercial departments have and and gaining momentum or getting their feet off the ground. It's just the dealer support, and generally that usually comes with you know, a lack of knowledge as to what it takes to make this type of business work. But without it, you can't grow a commercial, a successful commercial department. It'll never happen. And then secondly, right behind that is you've got to have good people working for you. Uh, they got to have the skills and be willing to learn and grow in this business. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while to get it going, but once it does, it actually gets easier. As the years go by, our operation gets a lot easier, and it perpetuates itself. Thirdly, and most important, is inventory. There's an old saying, you can't sell it if you don't have it. Well, you've got to have it to sell it. It also needs to be the right inventory for your particular market where you're located. I mean, in different parts of the country, there's more emphasis on different types of trucks. And you've got to know what that what's right for your market and who you're going to sell it to. You know, we we practice an 80-20 rule. It means we're going to stock for 80% of our market, and the other 20% can either locate it or they can factory order it. Wow, great philosophy. And you know, we fight that all the time because we'll we'll go into a dealership and they tell us, well, gosh, you know, we'd like to start a commercial department, but you know, we don't want to carry the inventory. And I say, well, you really don't want a commercial department <laughs> if that's the case. And you got and a great advice though because you know I've been in markets where uh, you know there there are certain vehicles that really were far more in demand. How do you determine uh, what that eighty twenty mix will be? I know you look well, at the market, try, but is there anything specific? Well, we try to look at you know, we look at there's reports that come out from all the manufacturers to tell you what percentages sell better than others, which models have the higher percentage. You know if you if you sell ProMaster vans, we know the 2500, 159 wheelbase garners about 40-some percent of that of that total deliveries, and you try to take the, the highest percentage that you can, and then you you also try to stock them. I mean, you make sure that they're there. So if the customer comes in and he wants one, that's fine. If he wants 10, that's fine. We can we could sell 20 right now if somebody wanted to buy one. And then you and wow. you track what you sell. You keep records and you analyze your data a little bit. You know, you know how many chassis cabs you sell. You know how many Crew cab 2500 you sell over a given period of time, and when the seasons, what parts of the year that business picks up. And if you keep track of that, it, it's not too hard to determine what you need to have on hand. Well, and great advice. Wow, uh, I wish more dealerships did that. That's uh, that's probably the best description I've ever heard of of what to do and how to do it. So thank you so much. Uh, now you've done a, a great job in hiring and growing your staff. I've always been impressed with you. Really, everywhere you've been. So what do you look for in a successful uh, potential commercial sales consultant? Well, yeah, the biggest thing that we, we look for is someone that can get along with the rest of the people in the department. It's, it's a team effort. That's never about one person. You can't do it as one person. You have to, you have, to have a hardworking team of oriented people that have, a good, that have good people skills. They're good at talking to customers, good at talking to business people. Uh, are, they're good with details. They learn all the facts, know all the ins and outs and can present sales proposals and products in a way that helps close the sale. And you've got to be able to build good customer relationships. 
you know, like I said, I can't emphasize enough on the team aspect because, you know, we always try to help each other grow. Everybody's going to get their fair share. But if you just have one guy there that's just gung-ho and, and there's no team effort or cooperation, it just won't work. Well, you know, that, that is so critical. I, I had a conversation this morning with uh, someone you know, Tyler Jensen. I know he's called you for mm -hmm. advice, and he's always very complimentary. And we were talking about the same thing. It's one of the great things at McGrath is it's a team environment, and guys help each other. Sometimes you might not be able to be there on a delivery or – uh, you might be calling on a client that they better serve than you, and, and they were talking about that team effort being so critical. And you just reinforce that. I mean, it's right. it's absolutely everything. So, Mike, you know, we're going to yeah, – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying good salespeople are always the type of people who are looking to make something happen, too. You don't want somebody that sits on their duff and waits for it to come up, you know, to them, the customer, because in our side of the business, we have to go looking for that business because we're trying to promote our, our sales, our, our dealership, and our products, you know, we can't wait on people to come to us. We've got to get out and market ourselves to them. Oh, absolutely. A big downfall of a lot of dealerships is they're they're not on the streets, and, and you've got to be in today's environment. Mike, you know, it, it's incredibly competitive out there right now. If you've got a brand-new sales consultant in the business, has, has not been in the automotive, you know, fleet and commercial side of the business before, uh, what's your best advice for a guy that's just getting started well, you've got to make sure that the store you're going to has got a commitment for the commercial side of the business. I mean, it, you know, too often someone, a dealership may start out that way, and then, you know, 60, 90 days, six months in, they're ready to just say, hey, this didn't work, let's go some other way. But that's what I really would emphasize to everybody. Make sure you've got a commitment from the dealer. When we started this commercial operation here at Huffines, you know, whenever I hire a new salesperson and goes to my general manager and says, how committed are you? And the general manager says, I, I, well, I have $4 million worth of commercial inventory sitting out there. I think that's a pretty good commitment. I mean, that usually you know, settles their nerves a little bit about they're not into something that's going to fold up in 90 days. Um, but you've got to make sure that the dealership is committed. You need, to, you need to make sure you have access to all the resources and the information you need. I mean, retail salespeople don't get access to a lot of things, connected connectivity to the manufacturer, computer tools. They don't get all that in the commercial side. You've got to have all of that available to your salespeople. Uh, and then you've got to have, look for resources to get training on. I mean, Ken Taylor's training is a good way for most people to get, get, get a good jump start on that business. And then you've got to have a game plan. And when you have a game plan, you've got to stick to the game plan. And while that game plan is taking place, you've got to have a way to measure your growth and success. Too often, most commercial departments are blended in with the new car department. So, a dealership can't tell how much profits are taken in, what their impact is on the bottom line, how much more they're contributing. So you've got to have a way to measure your success. Great point. And, you know, we're so big on tracking and planning, and you've always been the epitome of how to do that right. So great advice. You've done a particularly good job of landing larger fleet accounts. And a lot of times I'll go into a dealership and they say, well, just focus on the small commercial, you know, the other stuff. There's no profit in, in the big fleets. Uh, you guys have done a great job of big fleets. Could you kind of go over that a little bit with our audience and, and talk sure. about I mean, we've done a good job, but I think we're just scratching the surface with the potential that's out there. You know, first and foremost, you know, we have got to, when we see a, a larger customer, someone who's a good-sized business, you know, they're already – pretty attuned to what's going on on the fleet side of the business. And we've got to be able to represent uh, a large amount of knowledge and, 
and, and understanding about how things work on the fleet side. You know, you've got to have knowledge, and uh, of course, you've got to have the products available too. Because sometimes they're not buying one or two; they're buying ten or fifteen or twenty at a time. Uh, we need, you know, as a salesperson or a department, we need to learn all. You need to learn all the processes and programs that are on the fleet side that can differ greatly from the retail side. But fleet sales will actually give you volume and sustained growth by way of consistent repeat business that these larger accounts can do for you. Once you're selling them for a while, it's just it's just consistent every month. We sell about 70 to 80% of our monthly sales are to repeat customers, people that we've gone out there and developed a relationship with, stuck by them, done right by them. Um, but fleet can generate more profit than retail if it's worked correctly. Wow. That's a statement that everybody needs to hear. Because again, we get so much feedback. Well, you know, there's just no money in it, whether it's large fleet or, or even whether it's government. You know, people think there's there there's not money in, it. but you, as well as others, have proven that's just not the case. They can be very profitable. Um, quick question. Uh, you know, there are a lot of other things out there that I think people don't necessarily take advantage of. For instance. Uh, lines of credit for your business customers. How often do you guys use lines of credit, and, and are there any particular circumstances? Well, anytime we think we have a guy that's probably bigger than one or two trucks, I mean, the financing questions are going to come up with how you're going to pay for this, and if it's a company that's been around for a length of time or has adequate size, then we will offer them the opportunity to establish a line of credit with one of our commercial lenders. Um, that being said, there's a lot of just as many other customers out there that already have lines of credit set up will always offer to the customer just as a way of providing a different avenue for them that might work for them, but it's never going to stand in the way of, of, of selling the vehicle first. Uh, you know, it, it works about a 50-50. Sometimes we'll get, the, get a line of credit for them, sometimes we won't, but the key is selling the customer and starting that relationship with, it, with them and, and keeping it long term. Oh, very good. What's, what would you say would be the largest line of credit you've ever gotten for a customer? Probably $6 million. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like they were buying quite a few trucks. And that's an exception. Most of your ally banks, your Chrysler Financials, and all those things, GM Financials, are usually going to do a, you know, a million to two million is probably, is probably on the upper side of it. I mean, they'll, most of them will give out 125000 150000 uh, pretty much right up front, as long as the customer's got decent credit, most of them will offer that as a way to get them to sign up for a line of credit. So you can get the first three or four vehicles financed that way, but then when you run into a larger account, somebody that buys you know, 50, 60, 70 trucks a year from you, you've got to have a little more money, a little more higher credit level. Uh, absolutely. No, good point. And something I would like to ask you about, because a lot of people, uh, a lot of sales consultants that are new to the business don't understand uh, or try to really become familiar with track leasing. Uh, how often are you guys using track leases, and, and what do you think are the advantages? Well, the, the percentage of customers, a good many of our customers use track leases. Track leases have been around for Gosh, I've been doing track leases since probably the early 90s, but uh, it's more beneficial for a customer that's putting a lot of excess mileage on a vehicle. If they're not, if they're driving over 20,000 miles a year on a vehicle, they have two options: either buy it and own it outright, or put it on a track lease because a conventional lease, which is off your balance sheet, is basically renting the vehicle, is going to penalize you for mileage over 15,000. Most of your commercial applications, they're going to run it a lot more. They'll blow through those miles, whether it's a sales rep's car or, or a cons uh, interstate construction truck that's going from one place to another. Uh, they can be it can be a good source of obtaining vehicles for customers without, like I said, affecting their ability to go out and borrow. 
to get more credit to borrow money or do some other capital expenditure. Um, great advice. And the reason I bring that up is we run into it so often where we give a boot camp or we're training, and uh, I've had finance managers not know what track leasing is. <laughs> it's just incredible. Uh, I understand. <laughs> You've been there, done that. There, oh, done man. That. Well, Mike, you uh, – you manage both the Chevy brand and the Fiat Chrysler brand, or you know the uh, Business Elite as well as Business Link. How difficult is it to manage both brands, and and what are some of the keys to success? Well, the first thing it's a little it is a little difficult to manage both brands, especially when they're not sitting in the same spot. I mean, there are some dealerships that have multiple franchises all in the same lot. They're, you know, they're all there. You can walk from one building to the other. Ours are separated by about a mile and a half, uh, and, and that does make it tough. If you're, you know, Every other day you're in the other store. It's not like you can leave everything on your desk and pick it up in the morning. Uh, it's a little tough, but it, it, it can be managed. The key, again, is having what I said earlier, having good people, having, having them trained, having processes set up that you can facilitate things without having to go put a fire out all the time. Uh, that helps us quite a bit. Um, but like I said, it's the challenge is just maintaining adequate inventory and sales staff. You know, Right now, currently, as you're well aware, the GM side of our business is a little tight on product availability. It's been that way for a couple of years right. now. And you know, sometimes we have to take what we can get on the RAM side. The RAM side is pretty much wide open. We can get you know, most anything we need on the RAM side. It's just a difference of where we are at this moment in the industry. Uh, you know, when we've seen the exact same thing, so you're actually right on on that. Like in, in today's uh, mar uh, market and environment, you know, commercial managers <laughs> have to do a little bit of everything, as you know. So, what advice would you give to a manager that's you know new to the position who, who's just starting out? Well, I had to rely on someone like Ken Taylor to probably tell me who I can call to get some advice from. I always thought it's good to seek advice from people who are successful, and then you know you've got to learn all you can. It takes a while to get this down. It's not something that happens overnight. You know, if you've done it as long as I have, it's it's simple. But it's for someone brand new, it takes a while to get it down to learn it all. Once you get it, once you do have it under your belt, though, it gets it does get easier to 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 make it happen. But, uh, you know, if you can have the dealer support and have good people and have the product to sell, uh, you've got to also have proper guidance. And the key to a successful commercial department, as you and I have both said many times before, is having the right commercial manager there. He's the Absolutely. one that has to grow the department. He's the one that has to keep everybody upbeat uh, and, and help his salespeople grow and, and learn to um, – um, have success in this business. You know, he's the one that's got to make sure that everything is done correctly. No shortcuts. Dot your I's, cross your T's, and then find ways to have networking with with your peers like myself, who who can help you out when you're brand new to the business and not when you're not someone who's initially done it for thirty years. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 in fact, I know I keep you pretty busy by saying, "Well, call Mike Stubbs. <laughs> he's got an answer for that." As long as you're not across the street from me. Oh, exactly. No, I, I would never do that to you, ever. <laughs> I know you mentioned this earlier, how important a great dealer principal is, like you know, Ray Huffines. The first time I met with Ray, uh, he said an interesting thing to me. He said, Ken, he said, the future of our, of our business more and more is going to go towards fleet and commercial. We know we have to be good at it, and we have to do the right things. If you were advising a dealer principal uh, who was getting into commercial, how they could best support the commercial and the fleet department, 
What, what would that advice be? Well, I would probably contact my manufacturer's rep, my commercial rep, whether it be on the Chevy side or on the Ram side one, and, and ask them to steer, steer us towards dealers who are successful at, at this type of business in this field so I can so you can tap on you know, those dealers and those contacts to find out what they're doing. I would look at several different places. You know, all of us have uh, different ways to operate our business. They're all on the same path to, to growing it, but every dealership has a little bit, little bit of differences and different quirks that works for them. And I would take all that in, what you, what you can gain from all those contacts and doing a little homework, investigative work, and then try to tailor your department around the positive things that work. But there again, you still got to have the right people in play in that department, the right manager, the right salespeople, uh, you know, for that com commercial fleet department to succeed. Well, great advice as always, and I agree with you 100% on that. So, what do you think? And the whole time you've been at Hot Finds, what do you think your biggest win has been, uh, as as far as uh, you know, customers or even processes? Well. I could probably say to help all of those take place, you could easily say being at Huffines has been my greatest win. I mean, I, wow. I, I've i worked for half a dozen dealers in all these years. was at one store in Virginia for 13 where I did extremely well. But uh, I've been here long enough, and, and we've shown shown the, the dealer principle that, that we can make this work and to the point where now you got I get a lot of trust. And when you get a lot of trust, you can do a lot of things. You, you know, this it's like knowing... Uh, you're going to make enough money to pay all your bills. I mean, you, 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 when you're not worried about something, you, everything that happens is a positive thing. So having the trust that, that they've given me here as I'm going on six years is probably the first biggest win i got to have. And secondly would be my team. I have real good people working for me. Uh, I absolutely do, and I, I know most of those guys, so that's been great. Well, you've done a good job. I'll tell you something you've done a good job of, and, and this is something we might talk a little bit about. Uh, a lot of commercial managers are what I call operational managers. What you've done a great job of is handling the operations side, but also being an effective sales manager. And a lot of managers miss the point on that. You know, you've done a good job of training your people, supporting your people. As far as the percent of each one of those, uh, you know, about how much time operational, how much time actually being a sales manager, and what would you tell uh, a, a manager uh, would be the, the important things to do on the sales side? Well, I'm always working to sell something. There's not a day that goes by that I'm working to sell something or spending the last 45 minutes before I got online here with you to, to do a bunch of purchase orders and POs and a bunch of admin work. You know, there, there comes a point in time in your growth where you can have an admin person, but it's never going to happen at the start when, you, when you're starting it from scratch or you're just getting it developed. But my job, in my opinion, is to help my salespeople succeed. So I'm probably unique in the fact that when I sell something, I don't, I don't get the commission off that sale. I give that sale to one of my salespeople. If I sell 20 trucks to a company, I'm probably splitting them up between a couple of salespeople. I'm making sure that my guys have the have the support they need to feel comfortable to to know that they're going to make it in this business. I mean, I the two the people I have now have no prior car experience at all. Uh, one of them's already making six figures a year after only been in this thing for five years, been in this uh, vocation. But it's just having the right people, and I've got to do that with each and every person that I have because if they succeed, the department's going to succeed, and ultimately that'll reflect back on myself to succeed as well. 
Wow, incredible advice. And, and again, the one thing I've always admired about you is that you always have supported your people. You've given them every tool necessary to be successful. Uh, talk oh, about I don't make tools. It, I, don't make it without my team. I don't make it without my team. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, you've done a great job of that. One thing I did want to mention, you've done a pretty good job. One of the questions I get a lot is, uh, well, I'll get a call from a dealer. Yeah, they're forcing us to use the dealership CRM, and the uh, the internet department's harassing my commercial customers. Uh, I know you've been a big proponent of one particular software. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. It's it's uh, the software I've used since it was on a floppy disk, and I'll tell you how long it's been around. It is ACT. ACT. It's 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 by Sage Software. Uh, it's a CRM material. It's a it's a uh, database. Uh, software that we've always used. The biggest reason we don't want to use the CRM tools, uh, the only thing we lose on the CRM tools is the ability to take an internet lead coming in. We've got to make sure that our internet department forwards us a business lead. But short of that, it's, the CRMs are mainly designed for the retail side of the business where if a, you know, they put a customer contact in there, then the next thing is when can you get them in here? When's, their, when's the appointment? You know, there's And there's multiple managers that are looking at that customer. And too often, too many times they look at something quick, and if we were in that software and we had a customer there, a business customer, they're going to not think about the fact we can't beat him over the head to get him in for an appointment. We can't pressure him like they do the retail side of the business. The retail side is about today, right now, right this minute. Ours is always about what can we do to build a relationship with the customer. And then there's emails that go out, communications from a salesman, your commercial customer has never heard of a scene and says, hey, I got, I got a car for you, and they'll call you up and, and tell us not to. We don't want any more emails because they'll barrage those business customers with emails, and, and ACT gives us the ability to work independently with that. We can track customer information, whether it's fleet ID numbers, vehicle sales, how many times we, we can track all of our uh, emails that come through Outlook are recorded in the ACT, and we want to build a mailing list. I got a mailing list in about two seconds. Not a problem. No, great advice. And uh, you really helped me. I've always been an ACT user, but you've helped me also in the fact that uh, you've been able to connect me with Joe Lambert uh, out in right. uh, the Pacific Northwest. And we've got uh, several dealerships that have gone to ACT, love it, and I have to give a lot of kudos to Joe Lambert, too. He's so easy to work with. I met with him in Portland uh, last year. And we're actually, you know, trying to do uh, get him some templates and other things to actually create sure. a commercial commercial version of that. So, uh, so I'm gonna be calling you on that, Mike. I need your feedback. As I anytime I, yeah, for the listeners here, anytime I've got a question on fleet commercial and I don't know what to do, I call Mike Stubbs. <laughs> he is uh, consider him my coach. Uh, he he keeps me straight and gets me some great advice, and I've always appreciated that about you, Mike. Uh, and this is a good opportunity in the holiday season to say thank you so much for not only your support but also your friendship. It's been so valuable, uh, uh, amazing. And and I do have a question: What does sure. Mike Stubbs do for fun when he's not working? And I and I'm guessing one of it we talked about before is poker. But give the audience an overview. You know, what does Mike Stubbs do for fun? Well, I do do a little poker. It's not. Uh, it's not losing money on poker. I play real money and a little play money, but I mean it's it's a it's a pastime. I usually do it on a subscription service, but I mean I go riding with my 
three of the three or four of the guys here at work all have we all have Harley Davidson motorcycles. We'll go riding on on the weekends, good weather, whatever. And then, then above all of that, my my two sons are just about out of the house, and my wife and I've been married for about thir- going on thirty one years, and I spend a lot of wow. time doing things with. She's, she's my best friend, and, uh, uh-huh. and she, yeah, she's worked with me at one point in time. You've known her for a long time, and uh, yeah, I have. That's uh, great lady. That's uh, we, uh, you know, that's the way I'd always planned it to be was that I'd I'd have my dedicated partner there to, to spend time with and get out and explore and do things. You know, we collect the antique glass and some other things too. So, and we do that we do that together. So that's what I look. That's what I do on my 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 pastime, my free time. Well, awesome, and she is one fantastic lady for sure. You know, we we've met and really enjoyed knowing her as well as you, Mike. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap up. Uh, number one, thank you. You've got a thousand things to do, and I'm just honored that you spent time with us today. Um, any parting words for any of our audience? No, other than yeah, this is the best job in the car business. It always has been, in my opinion. The commercial fleet side. I mean, it's you know, it's got the best. For the most part, got the best work schedule. You know, got the you get to work with the best customers out there. People you become, well, you know, lifetime friends with. To be honest, I've got commercial customers I've known for years. You get to meet a whole lot of people, and you know, you have a lot of resources. You know, your air conditioning system goes out. You, you've got somebody you can call. I mean, you can't say that on the retail side necessarily. So, uh, <laughs> no. If you want to get into the best job in the car business, you really just need to put both feet in and and, and learn it. You know, connect with the right people. And you can be successful at it. Oh, outstanding. Great advice. Mike, thank you so much. I wish you a, a great holiday season. Most of all, thanks for your friendship. Merry Christmas to you as well, Ken. All right, my friend. Hey, take care. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks. All right, bye. There you have it. We hope you enjoyed that interview between Ken Taylor and Mike Stubbs and got a lot of great resourceful information out of it. I do want to make one minor note. You probably heard toward the end there about uh, ACT, the CRM by Sage, and uh, Mike's endorsement of it. We are very, very close to finishing off the commercial version of it that Ken mentioned uh, through our contacts with Active Hosting and Joe Lambert. We will have news on that soon, but I just want to drop that little note at the end of the podcast here for those of you that are still tuned in. It's coming, and we're very, very excited about it. So thank you so much for listening. We have a lot more interviews coming and a lot more regular Coach's Corner-style podcast, uh, the conversation between Ken and I on various topics coming as well. So don't go anywhere. In fact, subscribe, whether you're on iTunes, Google Play, or some other form. Subscribe so that you get the episodes as soon as they are released on our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon.